boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Flight. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG, coming through with our latest episode. Be joined by the boss, BJ, in a very few minutes. I hope everyone's enjoying this rainy, humid Tuesday here in the DMV. Uh, just a lot going on. A lot of things have been happening lately. Uh, and when I say a lot of things, I mean, we got Aaron Rodgers saying that he wants out of Green Bay. We got Deion Sanders uh, talking about the uh, the NFL not picking up HBCU players. Then, you know, the reason why we're getting so much rain is because the Knicks have a winning season for the first time since 2013. I mean, the Wizards are playing damn good ball. Uh, geez, man. It, it, it's a lot going on. A lot. Uh, want to get into quite a few things, but one thing I do want to talk is if you haven't listened to uh, the NFL draft analysis from us as in the sideline junkies, um, we gave our respective team grades uh, for our drafts. And I, I, I was hoping to get the, 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 the midnight ride on here because he hasn't given me his grade. And I want to see we in the same ballpark. I'm, I'm going to say that, but uh, of course, I can't find the grade that I'm looking for, but I gave my Washington football team a hearty B plus slash A minus. And I'm just like, okay. Uh, it, it's crazy because we filled a lot of holes, but I'm just, I'm, 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 <laughs> ah, man. I'm excited. Let's just put it that way. I'm excited. Now, looking at NFL Network, NFL Network gave them a B plus. Gave Washington a B plus. So I'm I'm in the ballpark. And ladies and gentlemen, we have the boss, BJ. Am I am I on? Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. It was a little hickey up for a second. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just uh, we got a lot going on. Just talking about draft grades, and you know, we gave out our draft grades, uh, our last show. Um, you wouldn't grade. I, I noticed that you didn't grade Buffalo. I graded Washington, and before I looked at anybody else's grade, I see that uh. NFL Network gave Washington a B plus. I gave them an A minus slash B plus, but we won't know until these guys get on get pads on what they're doing. Right. But I noticed you avoided giving a proverbial grade. Yeah, I, I I did, and for for that reason, I mean it's easy to sit here and you know try to predict what these guys are going to do. I mean, I, I, I'm starting to believe. That you can't really give a draft grade until at least after the first three years. I mean, of course, you know, you got the Chase Youngs of the world, the Peyton Manners of the world. Even Peyton Manning, his first season was horrible. But you have some people that, you know, come out and ball out their first seasons. And you can be like, okay, just off that pick alone, this is a B, A-plus draft. You can have six bad ones. You hit on Peyton Manning, you hit on Von Miller, you hit on Khalil Mack, you hit on Calvin Johnson. You know, that takes that draft grade way up. So, now nah, I'm not going to give them a draft grade. They addressed the needs that they needed to address, which is pass rush. They desperately need a pass rush. I, I said that's in the in the recap if they're going to compete. So, yeah, I felt like they addressed what they need. They got some depth. The same thing Washington did. Um, and it's, a, uh, it's definitely a breath of fresh air for you and me for the drafts we've seen over the past these teams do under different leadership, which it would have been terrible. Um, you know, these drafts can set you back, you know, one, two years or 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So, um, now I'm not going to give them a grade. I think they, 
they did a good job. They addressed what they needed to address. Agreed. Uh, NFL Network gave you guys an A minus grade on the overall draft. Uh, not a bad, a bad draft for you guys. Address needs, like you said, and I heard you campaigning for the one, the only, the showstopper, number ninety-one in burgundy and gold to be in red, white, and blue. No, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna keep campaigning for that. Um, you can never have too much pass rush. That's true. Never can you can you can never have too much pass. You can never have too much depth. Period. So the more and like I said, ninety-one isn't a spring chicken no more. You know. He, he, hopefully he envisions a scenario where, you know, take some of the load off of him. He can still come in and do his thing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm the only Buffalo Bill campaigning for that. But, you know, we'll see. Well, I, I know you may not need this, this next topic, but uh, it's been some Washington football team fans campaigning for this guy to come to dc and this man needs no introduction he is the cowboys daddy and that is one aaron Rodgers, who stole the headlines on draft night date night one uh that he wanted out of green bay Mm -hmm. and say he's unhappy with his contract situation uh and if you want to look at a team that hasn't built around their franchise quarterback, look at Green Bay. He no first round picks of receivers, uh, no first round picks of running backs. You know they just did a first round offensive pick this year, so you can see why he's disgruntled. But let me ask you this: Do you see Green Bay letting Aaron Rodgers walk? Not that they. Not that they want to win. Like, I can see both scenarios because how old is Aaron Rodgers? He's 37. He's he's not going to be your franchise QB too much longer. So, and I thought the timing was impeccable for him to release what he did right before draft to maybe kind of scare Green Bay into making a move. You know, because, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been disgruntled um, a couple of seasons. And, you know, like you said, he has every right to, to be disgruntled when you got one of the best quarterbacks, Hall of Famer, um, and he just needs more weapons. Like, he's making weapons. And I say this all the time, good, quarterback, good quarterbacks make weapons. They'll make you a household name. Tom Brady did it. But Wes Welker, Wes Welker went away and his production went away. And and I'll say the opposite for Sam Darnold. If he was a good quarterback, you would know who who the receivers are besides uh I can't think of the boy name. He used to play for Redskins. The Washington football team, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, their leading receiver. Who, Green Bay? No, the Jets. The Jets. Oh, you talking about Jamison Crowder? Oh shit. Jamison Crowder. Yes. <laughs> J- so, Jamison Crowder. Yeah. So you know, um, yeah. I mean, if 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 I'm Aaron Rodgers, you have every right to be disgruntled. If I'm Green Bay, I consider, like, if, of course, if you let him go, you're not going to compete. But you can get some juice from Aaron, for Aaron Rodgers, even at 37. You can get some high pick, a high pick for Aaron Rodgers. Because there are teams out here, one right here at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, that if he put on that burgundy and gold, you're talking about NFC Championship or better. That's what you're talking about. With that roster constructed offensive and defensively, you're talking about NFC Championship. You're talking about facing the Bucks, facing, you know, whoever. It definitely won't be Green Bay. But, you know, that's, that's the magnitude of player you're talking about when you talk about Aaron Rodgers. And I know Green Bay's phone was ringing off the hook, you know, but that's a deal, you know, you got to really construct and put together. Um, on the other side, do you do what you need to do to make him happy, which I heard is firing the GM. Um, if you believe in the GM, if you're ownership, I get rid of Aaron Rodgers. If, if you want Aaron Rodgers to finish his career in Green Bay, 
and want a chance to be in the NFC Championship for probably the at least the next two seasons, at least, then you have to do what you have to do. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, I agree with you. Uh, and you talk about Green Bay's phone ringing off the hook. First teams that they said cold were the California teams, mm-hmm. the Rams, uh, 49ers. the 49ers. And I thought about it as you were talking. Money-wise, we, we can all, you know, money can be moved around all like it's nothing. All the time. Now, you know, they're not too happy with Jimmy G in San Francisco. They shouldn't be. <laughs> if the goal if the goal is to win, then it's a lot of it's a lot of teams that shouldn't be happy with their quarterbacks. Agreed. Now what about a straight up and maybe not straight up, but you know, you do some 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 compensation, some picks. You know, you might not even need a third team because Jimmy G got a vicious contract. Aaron Rodgers last two years, he can opt out. Really and truly, if Aaron Rodgers is traded, I think he opts he can opt out in twenty twenty two. So you basically renting him for a year. But I think he wants to go home to California. What about a Jimmy G a Jimmy G for Aaron Rodgers trading whatever else to sweeten the pot? Now, that's a lot of pot sweetening. That's that's <laughs> that's sickening sweet Kool-Aid. That's what that is. I mean, if the 49ers, I mean, cuz you're like I said, that's the, and that's the dynamic. You're giving up the house for a 37-year-old. Like, if he was 32, it's no question. Give them whatever they want. If I'm San Francisco and Green Bay's listening, what do you want off this roster? What do I have to send back to you? Send me Aaron Rodgers. But we're talking about 37, a 37-year-old Aaron Rodgers here. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, two or three seasons max, maybe? You're going to get a high level of production from him? I, and I know I know Tom Brady, you know, what he he's doing. I mean... And I believe Aaron Rodgers can do the same thing, but you can't guarantee that. But Tom Brady played like an old man when he was a young man. Yeah, he very, I, very I, slow and methodical. He did, you know, um, and that's what I'm saying. You know, that's why I gave Aaron Rodgers three seasons. Now, in three seasons, if you put him on the right team, I think you're going to get a Super Bowl. One out of three seasons to get a Super Bowl, that's a successful. We still have franchises that don't have Super Bowls or Super Bowl appearances. You know Absolutely what I'm saying? True. So if you're mortgaging a house to get the Lombardi trophy for that one year, like I said, it's only a handful of teams that's ready to do that. San Francisco. And ain't it crazy that the Rams are in the mix and they just got Matthew Stafford? That is true. It's crazy. It's crazy. That tells you that tells you how dynamic Aaron Rodgers is. Like they they'll flush Matthew Stafford down the toilet. They might trade him back to Detroit. <laughs> You know, for Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, I mean, bro. That sounds like punishment. Um, I know he, I know Washington's not on his list, but you know, and I, and I, I don't want to seem like I'm pumping Washington because you know we cover them, they're local, but Washington would be the best fit. I can't think of another team that's ready, top to bottom. Y'all just added Curtis Samuel. Um, you know, the defense, the running game. You got Eric Flowers back on the offensive line. Like, that, that team is ready to go. And, and I, you know, not to discredit Ryan Fitzpatrick, because I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to take y'all to a division title this year. I truly think that even with a healthy Cowboy squad. You know, you got the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. That's a new frontier. And not to discredit the Giants either, because the Giants got on a roll last year. Yeah. They got on a roll last year. They beat y'all twice. They just couldn't get that extra oomph they needed at the end of the season. So, I mean, you know, Washington, um, Denver has Von Miller. Um, uh, then who, who's their receiver? Jerry Judy? Yeah, Judy. Judy. They got receiver. But, I mean, it's, it's the Broncos. I know the Broncos is on his shortlist, but isn't that kind of going to be the same offensive struggle with Green Bay? I agree. Because you, know, you don't have the, the – Big name receiver, I mean, Judy is, is young. You don't have a big name game breaking receiver. Yeah, and and I and I think, and and that's what I'm saying. You know, you got two targets here, um, you know, two viable targets. Terry McLaurin has proved what he can do. Curtis Samuel has proved what he. Now, like I'm excited to see when Washington rolls out because everything's focused on Terry McLaurin. 
They know who, that's who the game breaker is. That's who can change the game. We can roll the coverages. Well, you can't do that this season. You can't do that this season. And, and if the boy y'all got at the the play, they used to play basketball, play tight end, if he pan out to be anything, you talking about a dangerous situation right there. Um, but I know, you know, he's from Cali. That's his home, you know. So, you know, that's going to weigh heavily. But you, if, I, if I'm him, I, I really got to think of, what team that I can go to that we're already in the NFC, we're penciled into the NFC Championship. Like the Bucks are penciled into the NFC Championship. It's just who they're going to play. If they stay healthy, the Bucks are in the NFC Championship game. That's and, true. And the crazy thing is, and, you know, I, I know we repeat a lot of things on this show, they almost lost to y'all in the wild card. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's full circle. That's crazy. Y'all almost beat them in a the wild card with a stop the Super Bowl run. So, and, and which y'all had, which is t- Taylor Heineke. And I, I thought before y'all signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, I was okay with Taylor Heineke going into the season, possibly being the starter. I, I, you know, I thought he showed a lot of poise, a lot of guts. That's what you want out of your quarterback. But, you know, we shall see. It's a waiting game now. I, I'm leaning 70% towards with Green Bay firing that GM to keep Aaron Rodgers and... Um, I keep hearing Julio Jones' name flying around as maybe Trey. If if I'm Green Bay, I go get Julio. Like Aaron, here you go. Stop doing this. <laughs> here go Julio. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Let's do right. it. Let's go. And and the tight end you mentioned was uh, Reyes. Thank you to the Midnight Rider for that. Yes, one. yes. Samus Reyes, and yes. that he he's a physical specimen. And that's what I'm saying, man. He's he is like I don't want to say the name because I don't want to compare him to a Hall of Famer, but he reminds you of Tony Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. He rem- that 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 the the physique, the structure reminds you of Tony G. Now, can he translate what he did on the court to the field? I mean, it's going to be a learning curve, but I mean, physically, he looks like he has it all. I agree. I, I, I that's why I'm so excited. Yeah, but now we're going to keep it in D.C. Okay. And we're going to switch gears. We're going to switch sports. And, you know, I say the Knicks and the Wizards are still balling. Let's talk about the Wiz kids first. Okay. Now, start this off. Scott Brooks named Eastern Conference Coach of the Month. I saw that. Okay? I saw that. Now, I, I sent a message to yourself and the rest of the sideline junkies last night expressing my frustration over the Wizards. They were dominating the Pacers last night. I think it, it was third quarter, and they had 119 points. It was like 119 to 99. And I was the first thing I said was, where was this team at the middle of the season? Not the beginning, because they had a lot to overcome in the beginning. Where was this team at in the middle of the season? This team is the team that costs me money every year. This is third year in a row that the Wizards have cost me money. They're 30 and 35 in the 10th spot in the East, and they cost me money. Every year I lose $50 or (laughs) uh, dinner, lunch. I've lost – every year I've lost something because they cannot win 50 games when they have enough talent to win 50 games. They should be winning 50-plus the last three years. They should have won 50-plus because they have the talent. Now you've got even more talent, and you are balling out of control. They were talking about – uh, uh, last night, um, assist record. Mm-hmm. Kevin Porter, KP, one of the the, the, the bullets from the, the the 70s and the 80s. KP, and you know we worked at Ritz Cameron together. You that was always the talk. They always talked about the, the the bullets and and how good they were during that championship run in the 70s, and you know during that period in the 70s. And you had uh Greavy, Kevin Greavy. You had uh, uh, uh Bobby D, Bobby Dandridge, Kevin Porter. You had these guys. Now you're talking like that again with a wizard squad. They are making me excited because I'm like, yo, if they if everybody's saying they're gonna make noise in this in this play in tournament, do it. Show show to quote a line from Black from Black Panther, show them who you are. You are a 50 win team. You can outscore anybody that steps on that floor. Go for it. Because Russ had, what did he have last night? 14 and, hold on, let me, I got the box score right here. Let me, let me, let me box score it. 
Russ had 14. We had. Uh, 14, 14 20, 24, 20, 24, and 24. 24. Yep. He didn't have to score last night because you had Hachimura give you 27. But what's the, Bru- what's the most important stat that Russell Westbrook has from last night? The 24 assists. Nope, it's not. What, the 21 rebounds? Nope. Zero from zero from three-point line. <laughs> I ain't got that fooled up. <laughs> but I, and, I, and I'm being serious. This yes. Is Russ's, this is Russ's game. Stop shooting fucking three-pointers. Right? Let Bill, let Bertans, let Ishmith, hell, let Robin Lopez take him. Stop shooting. Stop shooting threes. That's not your game. He's, he's, he's settling, settling into his game. And I know we talk about this yearly, what the Wizards are going to win, this and other. And I said this, first of all, let me say this, the trade, Washington has won that trade outright. John Wall's out for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's a premeditated out for the season. I think it's, you know, he doesn't want to play anymore because Houston's not winning. Um, so I know we, we, we talked about it, and I know I said that Detroit was a wash because you, you're trading big contracts. You're trading, of course, Russ has played MVP. He's, he's won an MVP. He plays at the MVP level. John, you know, very good player. But you're getting, you're, t- you're taking a problem off my hands. I'm going to give you my problem. You know, so Detroit was a wash. But right now, Washington won their trade outright. So saying that, this isn't the same team that it was in the beginning of the season. Um, this isn't the same Bradley Bill that we saw last season, the season before the Bradley Bill. I was complaining about not – he hasn't reached his full potential yet. That You know, I felt like he was holding back. So now you – Russ, you got to give – you got to give Russell Westbrook credit for what this team is doing because um, Gafford, Daniel Gafford, the one they just got from Chicago, Bill, Hachimura, um, Alex Lynn, all these guys are benefiting from Russ's intensity and high level of play. If John's John's there, they're not playing the same. He doesn't have the same intensity. And not to say I'm not trying to dog John Wall. John Wall is DC. He's a hell of a player here, but they don't play with the same intensity. They don't offer the same um, the the same game on the court. The game changes tenfold when Russ is on the court because he plays so hard. And Russ is not going to let you play that. If he's going 100%, you damn sure better be going 100%. So you're seeing, you're seeing this team jail. You're seeing everybody put in 100%. And, you know, yes, they can score, but they still have issues on defense. They let 141 in last night. And that wasn't overtime, um, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, they got some work to do. Still, they, I mean, they they doing their thing. They're winning. Um, I'm looking back at the last game that they had. I'm trying to last game they allowed. Uh, uh, no, they don't have it. I'm sorry. I was looking for the last game they won or lost with the opponent score under 100 points. And I'm looking at the games. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. You got to go back 20 games where opponent score under 100 points and they won the game. That was the Pistons on March 27, 106-92. 19 for 19 games. Win or lose, the opponents have scored 100 points. They might not have scored 100 points. They played the Pistons and lost 120-91. But if you go through these box scores since Saturday, April 3rd, I'm sorry, since Saturday, Monday, April 5th, it looks like win or loss, both teams have scored over 100. This is this has been. I mean, I know it's a higher scoring game, but this team is not good at defense. You know, they do things at times to help them out. Um, but they're not a good team defensively. They can score with the best of them. They can score with any team in this league. 
consistency. Um, can you score in a seven-game series with the Nets? No, I don't. I don't think they can do that. Can you score in a seven-game series with um, the Knicks? Maybe. Maybe you might be able to get the Knicks in seven games. Um, and, and, and like you said, they're playing hot too. But let me tell you this: last night was a team game for Washington. Twenty-six from Bill. 27 for Hachimura, 12 from Alex Lynn, the aforementioned 14 from Russell Westbrook, 14 from Bertans, 13 from Smith, 13 from Hutchison, 11 from Lopez, 15 from Gafford. Mm -hmm. Now, the only thing that pissed me off about this team play is two things that pissed me off. Number one, the Neto only had nine. They, they should have put him back in the game and let him get that last bucket so everybody could score in double figures. I'm mad that Neto didn't get that. That pissed me off because I was like, Neto got to get that 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 one bucket. I don't care if they foul him. He go to the line and get it, but he got to get that one bucket. The second thing that pissed me off is Gafford had 15. Change of scenery. Don't tell me that a change of scenery does not do wonders for a player's career because mm -hmm. Gafford wasn't scoring like that in Chicago. Mm -hmm. He has been a dog here in D.C. And I, I'm all I'm here for it. Him and Denzel Valentine were two of my favorite young guys in Chicago. But Gaffer here in D.C., I love it. And Hachimura, I, Hachimura had his coming out party last last year. So you just getting to see Hachimura for who he is. He's just, he just a beast anyway. Yeah, he, he is. And he, he still got a lot. The scary thing about him, he still has a lot of growing to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of growing to do. So you... You know, I, I'm excited to see what he becomes, especially with he doesn't have the pressure carrying the team. He got Russ and Bill there, so he can he can fit right in, do, do you know, what he's comfortable doing and not have to worry about, you know, scoring 25, 30 every night. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, talking about those Knicks, they have their first winning season since 2013. Nine and one in the last ten games, seven games out of first place, thirty-seven and twenty-eight. It is good. I, I mean, granted, I'm a Bulls fan, but my heart goes out to the Knicks because I don't have a formidable foe. Because I'm not even on the level that the Knicks are on as a Bulls fan or as a Bulls organization, and I'm used to the Knicks being my formidable foe. I'm used to battling the Knicks someplace somehow just as well as I'm used to battling the Wizards. And we ain't got that going right now. But So I'm happy to see my rivals raise the bar. And the Knicks are about to clinch the fourth spot. So that means they got to face the Hawks. Mm -hmm. I got them beating the Hawks in six. And looking at this playoff schedule, somehow, someway, the Hornets and the Wizards are going to be your seventh and eighth seed going into the regular playoffs after this playing tournament. Mark my, mark my words. Because the Pacers can't keep up. They only have Sabonis and, and Karis LeVert right now. They, they're not going to be able to keep up with anybody else. Uh, I'm not worried about, uh, let me see what you got, 8, 9, 10, 7, 8, 9, 10. The Celtics, I'm not worried about them. They'll collapse. They, they, they soft as duck butter. I'm not worried about them. But whoever plays the 76ers, and I'm hoping I get a Hornets 76ers matchup in the first round, the 76ers will wind up imploding their team after this season because they're going to lose to the Hornets. You think Mark so? my words. I know so. The Hornets are playing very good ball. The only reason why they dipped is because LaMelo went out. If you notice, they weren't winning very many games when he went out. And I, I was LaMelo's biggest critic. Not thinking that his, uh, his game would translate to the NBA. But damn it, that boy bad. <laughs> I told you he was going to be bad, man. Didn't I tell you that? Yes, you did. I told you, man. He, he and you know, not. I know we not. We didn't have a Lamella ball topping, but you know, he, he was playing with grown men overseas. You know, I mean, it's just, it's there, man. He's going. He's going to be scary, man. Now back to the Knicks. The Knicks beat the Grizzlies last night, uh, one eighteen, one oh four. Okay. Julius Randle. Julius Randle dog he had 28 last Monster. night and everybody say well this is nothing but you know just the old chicago team derrick rose had 25 
Taj Gibson gave you six and twelve. See, that's all they need. They don't need Taj Gibson for scoring. They just need him for rebounding. RJ Barrett, 15. Peyton, 10. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think I said Bullock, 13. Then you got guys, Burks coming off with nine, quickly eight. And, you know, uh, Toppin only had two, but he only played 10 minutes. Tibbs has got these boys playing. And the thing Thank is, you. Tibbs, he, he preaches defense. And a lot of people don't like the way he preaches defense because he it wears players down. But he also wears the other players down. And I, 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 I love Tibbs' philosophy. I always have. And his whole thing is if we can score 86, and if we hold them to 82, 84, that's the game for us. Keep Tibbs as your coach and watch how the Knicks go on a run. And they, this is not going to be the only year that they have a winning record. No, no, no. I think I think the, the Knicks are here to stay. And as long as they uh, keep building, which it looks like they got a good, good, good foundation, good blueprint. I'm, I, I think that you're going you're going to have you're going to have a problem with the Knicks from from here on out in the Eastern Conference. They're going only they're only going to get better, you know. So, yeah, man, I'm I, and I know you know the saying in the NBA is if the Knicks are good, it's good for basketball. And I don't like that saying. It the NBA needs to make it so when the Wizards are good, it's good for basketball. When the Hawks are good, it's good for basketball. When when um, the Mavericks are smoking. You know what I'm saying? They need to make it. I don't know how to do that. But, you know, of course, the Knicks, big market team, New York, the Mecca, Madison Square Garden, you know, of course, is good for basketball. So, I mean, I'm happy to see the Knicks, you know, doing what they're doing, man. You know, they it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's, it's refreshing. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, when LeBron was here, he owned the East. You know, the Knicks have been in the trash since you said 2013. They haven't been too doing too much of anything relevant for any any reason, except for just messing things up. You know what I'm saying? With former players not letting them in and doing this and that. So, yeah, it's 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 nice to see, man. It really is. So I'm happy for Julius Randle. He found him home. He found him a home. And be careful because I think the next free agent wave, you might get somebody come to New York. You know what? That kind of messes up a lot because I think we talked about this, not this offseason, just past. Off season before. It was pre COVID. Mm-hmm. And we were all all the sideline junkies were talking about going up to New York. We was gonna have big gym coaching and we was gonna run we was gonna run the table up there. Cause you know, if they would have got us, they 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 wouldn't be doing, you know, the numbers that they doing now. We'd be probably being the number one seed in the East, you know. We got B at the point. Of course, I'm playing the five. Delonte at the four. Junie at the two. You know, we good. We we got Allen at the three because he can bang down there. So we fine. We, we we'd have been running the table in the East. But you, you know, need, I mean, you they, need, they still you don't need Allen. You need Allen getting water. That's what. Go <laughs> grab some water for the real ball players on the court. <laughs> oh my goodness. At least I had him in the starting lineup, but <laughs> um, I, I I love it that the Knicks are playing like this because they I understand why they say that that if the Knicks are winning is is good for basketball because you're gonna have that market now mm-hmm. you're gonna have what well, shoot they gonna wind up letting people in Madison Square Garden come postseason because people they're they're starved you know it, it's been eight years We're, they're hungry. I mean, I think it's people. I think it's a limited amount of people in Madison Square Garden now. Okay. I think it is because you can. I forgot what one issue they had. It was real good to see, and I meant that I, I, I was I was gonna mention on the show last week. I think it was last week they they eclipsed a winning streak or whatever they did for the first time or whatever, and the, you could hear the little bit of people in there roaring, and it was good to hear that. You know, it was real good to hear that to see that, you know, to see uh. A franchise has been starving for, you know, to be relevant again, you know, have that happen. So that was good. Good for it is good for basketball, though. Indeed it is. Uh, last but not least, we're going to stick with the NBA. Um, LeBron James came out and he said that 
he he released a, a statement well a tweet that said i fueled the wrong conversation about micaiah bryant mm-hmm. um he took the twitter and he said that he took the wrong approach in his previous tweet involving micaiah bryant if you don't remember after she was shot after the george floyd uh murder conviction was handed down to Derek chauvin mm-hmm. um he he tweeted out your next hashtag accountability with the picture of the officer nicholas reardon and the midnight rider just said they had 2000 fans at msg that's not bad but msg's is cavernous so yeah 2000 fans probably sound like it's fourteen thousand. but uh nicholas reardon was the had his picture and it said you know you're next everybody lost their damn minds oh he's inciting violence against uh police officers he didn't put this man's life in jeopardy and you know but this is coming from people that were a part of inciting the 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 insurrection at the capitol back in january that that are saying this about lebron and then you have uh reports that the, the officer is suing lebron and bar owners in in uh uh Ohio, we're not going to show NBA games, you know, things like that. It was just a whole shitstorm. So he, he he's come out with a tweet, and LeBron says, "I feel the wrong conversation about about, about Micaiah Bryant. And I owe it owe it to her and this movement to change it." Yeah, um, I don't see anything LeBron did wrong with that tweet because he tweeted accountability. And, you know, we've seen over the last two weeks people justify why the girl should have been shot dead. And you'll hear us justify, give us the same justification when the counterparts are white with weapons and guns and the whole nine. And you don't see the same level of brutality, the same level of um, I fear for my life. You don't see all that. So... Him tweeting accountability. The man didn't try to de-escalate the situation. He didn't try to run and tackle a girl. He didn't try to do anything. He just pulled out his gun and shot. And I, you know, I just want to know if you think it would have been the same thing if it was a white family. If he pulled up as a white family, I mean, we've seen clips of white men having knives, machetes, coming at the police and the police are backing up nice and calm not doing not a care in the world we're gonna this guy's just angry but for whatever reason we know the reason you know um when the shoes on the other foot when it's black people they have to you know try to tame and you see a a librarian in her 60s get dragged out the hair by her dreads in a highway you know you see a girl 15 year old girl shot dead instantly you know countless other I mean the names are just getting jumbled now you know the 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 kid the the, the, the man that the 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 officer shot in the in the in the back of the head shot him several times the fatal shot in the back of the head a couple weeks ago and I can't remember if it's I think it was South Carolina and they only released like uh, a handful of the, the, the body cam. Um, LeBron didn't do anything wrong. Um, it just shows you where America is. And people like Tim Scott and our vice president, Kamala Harris, and our president, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, won't admit that this country has a problem with race. And until it's even admitted at the high levels, nothing's gonna happen. But I tell you one thing, and I'm not speaking for all people of color, but we're not gonna stand by and let you keep killing us. And then watch these trials where you get to go home. You get to go home to your family. If you fear for your life, go work at McDonald's. Go do something else so you won't have to fear for your life. 
Because if I fear for my life right now, I just can't go shoot somebody. So it's just, and people hate LeBron anyway. So the LeBron haters, we, we had a local one I showed you on Twitter that didn't surprise me. The local one, local radio station, didn't surprise me. But at the same time, I was just like, I understand you hate LeBron as a player. A lot of people do. Understandable. You get to hate who you want in sports. It's a, it's a beautiful part of sports where you get to have your villains, have your heroes. But as a man, as somebody that's risking a lot putting his views out there to, you know, help people that look like him, I mean, I guess it doesn't resonate the same for a white person to to cop on social media and see that the button you have to hit to look the video to, to uh, censor content and see another person that looks like you getting shot dead over and over again because Makai Bryant happened right after the George, uh, uh, Derek Chavin child his decision it's like back to back and even in that trial even with all the evidence pre presented, at no point were you sitting here waiting for that verdict saying, oh, he's going to jail. Like, you had to wait for them to read the verdict and like, is this, is this really happening? This man's going to jail? So, it just, it's just sad, man. It, it, look, whatever bars don't want to show the games, fuck them. Truly, truly, and, 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 and fuck you. There's a hundred other places you can watch the game. You're a sports bar and you're not showing games. I don't, I don't know who that's going to hurt. It's not going to hurt me and you. It's not going to hurt LeBron James at all. It's not going to hurt the NBA. So. You're absolutely right, brother. And I agree with everything you said. Uh, I've been asked... Uh, repeatedly how can i defend somebody that was killed because she was wielding a knife and she could have stabbed the other girl in the pink who was a grown woman by the way fighting a child um what if that was your daughter well my daughter's know not to pull up on nobody and not expect no smoke you pull up at somebody else's house expect to get all the smoke I, i've told people repeatedly you can say what you want and so the second you say, Nick, I'll pull up to your motherfucking house and beat your ass. I'll give you the address. I'll let you come to my house. Hey, I'm I'm down for it. But just know you're not going to leave the same way you came. Because you came to my property starting shit. If that's how you feel, you're going to catch these hands and, and probably a little something else. That's how I felt about that. And to your point, we've seen it on several occasions. Matter of fact, it's a video on Instagram now where a white gentleman is being pulled over by police. And he said, I'm not getting out the car. He reaches over. What are you grabbing for? Get your hand off the gun. Nobody pulled out a gun. No shots fired. Nothing. Get your hand off the gun. No pepper spray. No taser. No nothing. This is stern talking to. And you telling me that crisis is crisis like this can't be averted. Yeah, I'm not believing none of that. And I, you say there are LeBron haters. Now, I, don't get me wrong. I'm a LeBron fan. Only time I wasn't a LeBron fan was when he went to Miami. Because when he went to Miami, it prevented my Bulls from winning the championship. And that was that was our window. While he was in Miami, that was our window. And he closed that window every year. So, yeah, he, I, I did the same thing with Kobe. When Kobe started really winning... I, I I wasn't a Kobe Bryant fan anymore. I was like, you know, I, he's a front runner now. I can't I can't like him. He's my rival. But as a as a man, I can't never hate LeBron because of what he does off the court. As a a father, a husband, a ph philanthropist, man, he opened the school. Like we talked about that for maybe about two weeks after he opened that school. We talked about it every show for two weeks. Like, yo, he opened a school and people found problems with that. 
Why couldn't he make it a private school? Why did it have to be a public school? It still got to be paid for by taxpayers. Because if you made a private school, the low income children wouldn't have been able to go there. And it doesn't you don't get certain perks when you make it a private school. They still have to pay tuition, but people don't understand that. And I didn't see anything wrong with LeBron said. I agreed with it. And he wasn't the only one that was posting. Uh, things like that on on social media that's saying you're next. So let's stop with the the, the high horse shit. You know, because my grandmother used to say, you know, you can be on that high horse all you want, but you have to get down off that horse one day and wallow in this mud with me. But they feel that because LeBron has money, he don't have to wallow in the mud. But damn it, look how many people have left and never looked back. Basically, once I got my money, once I got my 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 house outside the hood, I was gone. Fuck y'all. LeBron don't feel that way. And I, I, I I'm I'm all for him not feeling that way. So, you know, I don't I don't feel that he should have to apologize for making a statement that was true about accountability. So that that's all I'm gonna say about that. I don't feel he has anything to to apologize for. What he did was what was what, what was right. So, <sighs> well, now, well, brother, we we burning we burning a midnight oil. Yeah. <laughs> we got <laughs> what we got left on the on the on the on the on the on the agenda. That's it. But I know the midnight rider is here. I need him to do me one favor. If he, if the midnight rider can call in right now, if you able to call in right now, I need to know your grade on this draft because I've been waiting since last night when I talked to you to know your grade on this draft. Please, sir, if you got two minutes, please hit this show so I can find out this grade because I have been waiting to see if we're in the same ballpark. Because you know he, he he's like you. He says, you know, I was talking about uh, Najee Harris and uh, uh, Travis Etienne. He was saying, you know, those are uh, uh, late day guys, you know, day two guys. You don't need them in the first round. You know, running backs are a dime a dozen. That's what he says. And I'm like, dog, you sound just like B with that, that running backs are a dime a dozen mess. But these are game changing backs. <laughs> these are the best backs in the draft. I thought they both should have went day one, but it didn't happen. Fine. I mean, you you got a game changing back in Dallas, and they can't stop anybody. You know what well, I'm yeah. saying? You 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 bring a game changing back to who's the best running back in the game right now? Oh man, just throw me out of there. Ain't got to be the number one. Just give me one of the top five running backs. Alvin Kamara in the game. Alvin Kamara. You put him on the Bills. Do the Bills win a Super Bowl? With that? No. With him? I, no. You know what? Bro, bro I, I might have to disagree with you with that because he's a he, he's a dual threat. It's another weapon for Allen, and y'all didn't have a run game last year. And this is all true, but guess what? They still can't do. They can't rush the passer. So you're going to have Patrick Mahomes coming out scoring touchdowns because the, the Chiefs are one of the few teams that can come out every drive and score a touchdown. So you're going to be going back and forth with the Chiefs, and we already know who's going to win that. The Chiefs is going to win it because they have some type of cash rush. It, I, uh, if I'm sitting there, like, there are only certain running backs that you take first round. Adrian Peterson. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm trying to think. LaDainian Tomlinson. You know, uh, I'm, try- I'm just trying to think of running backs. They're Curtis very- Martin. Very few running backs that you would take in the first round that are just complete animals. I can find me a running back from a D2 school that can do what I need. Or like I said the last podcast, you can have three running backs, a power back, a quick back, and a combo back. So you going to wait for Ben? Nah, I, we got we up against it, so we about to hit the fifty minute mark. Don't want to be be it too long. He needed five minutes. I'm gonna have to get him on. We'll uh, him I we had to get him tomorrow on. Uh, okay. Oh, there you go, there you go. He just popped in. Hello. 
and there he is, the Midnight Rider. All right, what's up? What's up, man? What's happening? Sorry, we man. Got two minutes. All right, I'm, I'm gonna be real quick. What's up, B? Um, great on the draft. I'm gonna keep it real simple since we got a short amount of time. I gave it a B. Um, I think optimal would have been getting fields, but since you couldn't get fields and you filled in the holes afterwards that you had, I think it was a good job. Um, I think honestly, I think the person that has the most pressure in this draft, and this is gonna sound crazy. It's Cheeseman, the long snapper. Because mm-hmm. we don't love Nick Sunfeld for so long and all this community work, and you've never really seen him have a bad snap. So I'll, I I said this, I mean, I say it jokingly, but there's a lot of truth to it. Like, everybody loves Nick, and I think that's going to be where they run into some problems with this draft. Um, to get to the, the gritty part, Texas. I don't like Texas tackles. Um, I just... Don't think Texas plays a physical style of football. So um, I've been watching Cosme. I don't know if he's got it, but I hope he does because um, that would be perfect for them building in the future. Then you move one of the te- the guards over to sure spot next year, and you're good to go. And then real quick, Jamin Davis. I didn't like it at first, but then I watched this tape. The kid looks natural in coverage, and that's something we've never had. It's somebody that can cover – down the middle of the field and actually make an impact. And then I saw a lot of footballs touching hands and him being in the right spot at the right time. So that that made me higher on Jamin Davis than I was before. I think that's it. All right. Cause now we in the same ballpark. I gave it a B plus. So but okay. you and I, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna hit you up on Messenger as soon as we get off. But that's the Midnight Rider, the boss BJ. I'm the big guy KG. We not doing no overtime. We are out of here. Yeah, we did some damn overtime.